Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, whatever time it is that you're joining me for this episode of the Penboy Roy Pentertainment Podcast. What are we at now? I can't, I can't even remember. We're at like 88, right? Well, I got to tell you, this week was a lot of fun. Tom and I talk about pens. We talk about fish care, the origins of Monopoly, the Mandela effect, an alternate ending to the movie Ghostbusters, and finish things off with Tom's impression of the macho man Randy Savage. Yeah. So before we get into it, let's just get right into it. Let me just go over the sponsors. Of course, Goldspot Pens at goldspot.com. Just ever grateful that Goldspot paid off the whole year of sponsorships just because they want to be on the ground floor of something amazing. And that amazing thing is this podcast. And you guys are doing just awesome. I'm so grateful for you guys making your purchases at goldspot.com and using coupon code ROY to get extra discounts and also throwing into the notes of this purchase something to do with hashtag fire Tom. So if you'd like to shop for a new pen or try to get Tom fired, head over to our retail sponsor, goldspot.com and use coupon code ROY. And please, we are loving all the little just gems of gold and comic humor that you guys are incorporating in your purchases using hashtag fire Tom. <laughs> it's awesome. This episode is also brought to you by Luxury Brands of America. Bryce left us a voice memo reminder to tell you about the all-new Waldman writing instruments coming in from Germany this month, including the Tango Imagination, Tuscany Vela, and Frosted Ruthium Styles. We also talk a bit about the Waldman Grandeur's price drop. You're welcome, folks. No, but seriously, because I think a few episodes a few episodes ago, I was talking about the price of the Grandeur, the Red Guioche one, and I went off on a rant about it and why I think it was just too much to Bryce over at Luxury Brands, and he valued the pen boy's opinion, and he made some changes. You'll hear about it in the episode, so make sure you stay tuned till the end. Finally, did you know that the Penboy Roy YouTube Fountain Pen Review Channel t-shirt also doubles as a Halloween costume? You bet. You can dress up as Roy and go trick-or-treating for some monk fruit-sweetened, keto-friendly candy. Get your t-shirt at Tom's Ink Journal website with free shipping within the U.S. Now, before I get started with this podcast, this podcast is not scripted and therefore will contain potty mouth words both from Tom and I, mostly from me. So be forewarned, you have been warned. Now, on to the podcast. The Pet Boy Roy Entertainment Podcast. Stage Savage. Booyah, booyah. So, I'm feeling a little booyah today. Oh, yeah? Yeah, for, first of all, let us first decide what it means to feel booyah. Does that mean like amped up and just, just, just stoked? Is that what it means? I, I would say yes. And okay. along those lines, like really, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hold on a second. I'm trying to type something out. So I got. So I don't know if you know this, but I have upgraded Socrates' living quarters from a five-gallon tank. To a full-blown 10-gallon tank. So Socrates is now hosting an episode of MTV Cribs. In <laughs> Instead, it's going to be aquariums. Right. MTV aquariums. No, but I really felt like he was happy in his five. But then I was reading online that more 
the bigger the tank, the better. And if he has tank mates, it'll stimulate him and stuff like that. And it's just all around better for him to be in a 10-gallon tank and have tank mates. So I looked up. I was YouTubing and looking up a lot of videos on the top 10 tank mates for betas. So that way the betas don't <laughs> beat the fuck out of each other and stuff like that, right? Right. So I had I was at work today. And while I was at work, there's a Petco but in the confines of where I work, right? And mm-hmm. I'm like, well, let me go in there. And I went in there and I saw some albino Corridoris in the tanks that they were selling. And Are those the same that's in uh, Finding Nemo, the Dories? No, 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 no. I'm sorry. I said it wrong. It's albino Corridoras, not oh, Dories. Okay. So my bad. So I was thinking Dory, like no, the one from... No, okay. no, 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 no. So, yes, but I said it wrong. I said Corridori. It's supposed to be Corridoras. But check this out. Did you know that all the fish in the Finding Nemo movie, those are like saltwater fish. The fish that I have are freshwater fish. Mm. Okay. And wasn't Finding Nemo taking place in the ocean? Yes. So ocean's yeah. not freshwater. So it it's... was not. It was not. Uh, it was not accurate then. No, it's not. Hey, what was the bad guy's name in the Joker movies? The girl with the Harlequin, right? Yes, okay, Harley cause... Harley Quinn. Yeah. All right, because I also got. Okay, here we go. I want you to. I want you to Google something. Okay. I want you to Google. Oh shit! I did. Oh, I screwed up. Oh shit! What? I just googled. Oh shit! Oh no no no! I want you to Google Harlequin. Okay. H a r r l i q u spelled Harle- it already. So Harle- it, like fish. Harlequin rasbora. Ra- rasbora. Yeah. I don't know how to spell it. Uh. Well, I mean, Google suggestion like like basically does it all for you. Okay, so I got a picture of it. It kind of looks like a fish. (laughs) Yeah, so I got five of those little guys, these little Harlequin Rasboras. Kind of looks like it has like a black wing on its side. Right, so it has like this black T-bone color on the side. And it's from the tail all the way to the middle of the body, and it's a very dark black T-bone, right? So they kind of look like beefier tetras it almost looks like it's like wearing track pants right so i find them really cute but i read that they are school fish so I, I bought five of them and it won't leave that much of a bio effect on the tank because they're so small right so i got uh-huh. five of those and i also got five albino corridoras corridoras the one word c-o-r-y-d-o-r-a-s because these are like in the catfish family. Did you Google that too, Corridors? Albino Corridors? No, I, I didn't because I, I don't even know how to start spelling that one. Cory, C-O-R-Y-D-O-R-A-S, but albino. Albino I'm Corridors. start getting all sorts of weird like Facebook and social media ads about friggin' aquariums and fish. <laughs> yeah. Now yeah. that I'm like looking at this stuff. Yeah, and you're going to be like, what the fuck? Why is this coming up? Cory no, that, catfish. Okay. Yeah. So, but the albino albino corridoras, they're they grow to be about an inch, but they're like three quarters of an inch when I got them, maybe half an inch. And they're so cute, and they're just like both of these fish. Well, let me start with the albino corridoras. They're like little tiny, like blonde white catfish on fucking speed, right? Mm-hmm. And the harlequin 
Rasboras, what they do is it's what's really cute with them is there's five of them in the tank. So I got four of the catfish and five of the harlequin rasboras. And what's really cute about them is when they're in the tank, they all move together in a school because they're schooling fish. Cool. That's why I got five. Now, when I first got them into the tank after adapting them to the water, one was all by himself behind a plant, and the other four were all just like swimming around like little fish on speed, right? Mm-hmm. So the one fish that was by himself was looking really pale. You see that, that really dark T-bone shape on the body? It yeah, was the track al- pants. Yeah, it was almost as if he didn't have it. And I felt bad. I'm like, oh no, I I I hate it when animals die under my care. It just it just really kicks my ass. So later on, I'm like looking at him. Twenty minutes go by. He's just still in that corner by himself. And then suddenly, the other school they go to him. He sees the school and then chases after them and then joins them. So then now they're all five swimming around in the same direction. Twenty minutes later, that dark track pants is really dark. It's like. I guess when he's stressed, the color dissipated. And then when he found other versions of himself, he was good to go. So he's doing really well. You know what I find is remarkable about that? The most remarkable. What's that? Is that all this attention on the fish, what what kind of work is getting done at your work desk? Yeah, like uh, lots of work. Lots and lots of work. Don't worry about that. You're writing journal entries about... (laughs) The uh, various escapades of the of these fish. Yeah, the corydoras kind of look like little pieces of like white chocolate with fins. Yes, they, they kind of they like do. have a very like translucent sort of alabaster quality mm-hmm. about them. Yes, yes, interesting. Very interesting. I wanted to get. Do you name all of them or no? Those the the four. There's, there's so crates, but now there's like now there's like a whole family of fish now. Yeah, so, so you name them all or the catfish I cannot name them all cuz they're too like I, they all look the same. They're all like little blonde catfish, little white that catfish. That's such a racist fish. <laughs> That's a a fishist <laughs> thing to say. That's what fishist. you say. Fishist. I'm being fishist. They all look the same though. So and they move so like fast. They are literally they're bottom feeders so they clean up all the gravel and stuff like that. But they move so fast that I can't keep track of the differences. And same goes for the, I already forgot the names of them, Harlequin the, Rasboras. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I already forgot the names, but they're, <laughs> they're hard. I, they're hard. No, they're hard to, you know, see the differences, so I can't name them. The Socrates There's a whole just, bunch of them, too, so you'd have yeah, to like, figure five. out. Maybe just call, like, them by their... You know, just just like you could call like one like Red Squadron and one's like White Squadron. You know, it could be like uh like Star Wars, like how you know like the X Wing squadrons would be mm. different colors. Yeah, that's a good because idea. They just all flock together anyway, so that'd be kind of cool. Hey, can you do a good impression? And this is pen related, I promise. I know I'm talking about fish, but I was actually, I was I was actually re- I'm actually really grateful for my fountain pen community because, you know, not for nothing. You know me. I, I don't I don't respond at all to like negative comments and stuff like that or like No, fuck. you just you just you just screenshot them and then send them to me and yeah. be like, Can you believe this? <laughs> well that one was just because of some that that's a the silliness where a guy is like trying to food shame me because I put up like a picture of my sushi. You know what I mean? 
because he's a vegan and he has to obviously like lecture me on what I'm doing and how terrible it is and stuff like that. But when I put up the picture of Socrates when I first got him, right, Mm -hmm. it was just a little bowl, right? And he didn't look like he was doing so well, but I knew jack shit about fucking fish. Jack shit. Socrates started from the bottom. Right. Now he's here. So I thought, I thought, wow, look at that little bowl. There's a fish in it. That's really cool. He'll just sit in front of my keyboard. It was probably in like eight ounces of water and stuff, you know. And then Mary DBL, who this was nine weeks ago, she just dropped like five messages on there. Like, he's beautiful. These guys are found relatives. Still water. Please consider using a filter or you will be doing a lot of water changes. Pay attention to fish language. Her guy's in a 10-gallon planted tank. So cold. Betas need 78 degrees. And then she sent me messages. And then I got a lot of messages because as soon as I post the picture, everybody is suddenly a fucking fish expert, right? But like I said, it wasn't... That's how it is. Yeah, but they weren't being like, like, how dare you? You're a piece of shit. We're going to try to get Tom fired now. They weren't like fish parent shaming you. Well, they were fish guilt tripping me, I guess, right? (laughs) So because of that, I went and I got a you know, a bigger tank with a statue from SpongeBob. I didn't know mm-hmm. it was from SpongeBob. I just thought it looked funny. But then yeah. I realized, like, that's still not good enough. There's nowhere for him to hide and stuff like that. So I was like, you know what? I'll just get a piece of wood, and I'll stick the piece of wood in there with a fake plant. And it turned the water brown because it's good for the fish and stuff like that. Yay. But then I was, like, feeling bad because I'm reading stuff like, oh, you know, I looked at how, like, these fish are captured and stuff and how they live in the actual wild and stuff. And it's like they don't live in five-gallon bowls. They live in these ponds that are, like, a foot high and go for miles, right? And the surface of the water is covered by plants and is filled with plants. So I had to upgrade his tank to a 10-gallon and I got a ceramic coffee cup, Starbucks coffee cup, spilling out coffee. Did you see that on my Instagram? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yep. I thought that was really cute. I thought that was really, really cool. And I'm just like, you know what? I feel bad that he doesn't have other fish. I mean, he's not like, oh, I need friends. But he needs visual stimulation other than me, right? Because I'm not very visually stimulating. <laughs> One could argue that point. <laughs> especially to a fish, right? <laughs> so well I, you're certainly no you know beta or yeah. or harlequin raspora yourself so <laughs> no motherfucker i am the alpha he's the beta <laughs> so then i just decided to get him some like tank mates that are like the top i they're they're one or two of the top best tank tank mates and then i also replaced so I put uh, you saw my picture of my tank. He has all these green plants in the background with purple plants. I also added two ferns in there. Java ferns, I think, that are live, so we'll see how that goes. I I don't know. I never went this crazy, but yeah, so I went and had sushi the other day and I was just like, "Oh, I wonder if Socrates would be disappointed in me." And then I just said, "Socrates is my beta fish, office beta fish." If you don't already know, and it's like everybody's making jokes, and then you get this one guy who's like, "Who's like, 
I don't think any of the fish involved are happy about your choice. Our oceans are dying and our food choices matter. All right, guy. Maybe chill out a little bit, all right? So I looked at his profile because I was like, is that a joke or or what? And then it turns out like this this guy is just a hardcore vegan. And my thing is like, good for you, man. I don't go to you and tell you like, like don't eat that banana, you know? Mm. So I was just like, whatever. I just hearted the hearted the comment anyway because he's a, a follower and that's it. <laughs> you know. because because you know uh, all, followers, and all followers it's all about them comments and getting them comments <laughs> right no but all, you are you are kind of throwing in in everybody's face that so you're eating like what an entire you know salmon it's got to be there's got to be a whole salmon in that in those two plates that do you, had you posted actually there. know how big a fucking salmon is no i'm just i i i kid like but yeah. i'm just saying like there's just that much there's just that much sh- uh, was it sashimi, sashimi on that plate. Yeah. So do you like put it? You you put a little bit of ginger, some wasabi. Like, what do you do with that? There's just so much of it there. With the sashimi? Yeah, well, you just eat it just just plain. Just go. Right no, to town I, with I put it. I put wasabi on it. I like wasabi. Yeah. You're not yeah. supposed. I don't think when it comes to Japanese culture, I don't think that wasabi is supposed to be mixed with soy sauce. I just take wasabi like a piece. I don't usually I... do this. The soy sauce kind of gives me too much of the, the salt. I usually like the wasabi. I, I freaking love pickled ginger. Like that's like, that's mm. my jam when throwing it on sushi and stuff. Yeah. So. Yeah. I like, I don't really eat sushi. I eat sashimi because I don't do the rice. Did I ever mention mm. to you? I, I might've mentioned it once or twice. I don't know. <laughs> Did I ever mention that I'm really big into the keto diet? The keto K E T O. No, so I was. I don't know what. What was I saying when I said I promised this has something to do with pens? I know I was talking about oh, the fish tank. And you, then... uh, that was that was about six minutes ago. I was <laughs> right. like, I was timing you. I was like, I was like, when are we going to finally start talking about fountain pens in this episode? And then we just like, it was like, well, this has something to do with the fountain pen community. And then it was like, hard right turn, sushi and sashimi, right. and right. you know, yeah. <laughs> okay, so this is what it was. Now I remember what it was. Can you do a good Macho Man Randy Savage? Impression. Oh, we've done this already, didn't we? Okay, yes. I need you to say for me right now in the What's recording, that? right? Okay. Because I'm going to pull it later. Okay. Snap into a snap cap. Oh, yeah. In Macho Man. Snap into a snap. Into a sn- oh, that's not good. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> snap into a snap cap. Oh, yeah. Let's do it one more time. Do, give me one more take. Snap into a snap cap. Oh, yeah. Don't you remember the Slim Jim commercials? Yeah, it's just that it's 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 slipping me up that I have to say snap cap, you know what I'm saying? Like, right, it just well, forget about that. It's just snap into a snap cap. Oh, yeah. But do it like <laughs> do it like that same intonation. The, your, your intonation in the beginning is a little strange. Do it again. Last time. Everybody's listening. Snap into a – it's, it's just weird. It's weird. It's just – I just <laughs> – and also too is that you're trying to you're trying to make me do it on command and it's just like that just does not for me for some reason I'm like the WB frog like you you know you expect me to start singing and everything like that and I just rib it that's it right got it no the reason why is because I I took my pilot metropolitan to work today right and love the pilot metropolitan nothing but good things to say about the pilot metropolitan what else did I take to work with me the pilot metropolitan what's the Caveco kid pen it's like the perkeo yeah i took a perkeo 
And I also took what was the other pen that I took? I can't remember. Hold on a second. I took I took some snap cap pens with me to work, and I can't remember which ones they were. You know. Um, 17 minutes in ladies and gentlemen we're finally talking about fountain pens <laughs> i'm excited i'm so excited <laughs> but but you did you snap the snap cap is that what happened you snapped no, the snap no cap? i wanted i wanted to do a video i want to do a video for my tiktok oh about snap cap pens no just you know at the beginning you know how it's like you'll i'll just be holding a pen and then i want the randy savage snap into a snap cap oh yeah and then i'm gonna snap a pen cap and then that'll be in the video. Five second video. I want to do mm. for you know what I mean? Because that's how TikTok is, right? Oh yeah, they're they're very short, yeah. Yeah, so and but then you also have to do some booty shaking dancing, like, you know, in between, like the while you're snapping the caps and everything, just to yeah. No, to don't do don't, like don't, that. don't don't hear that or steal or steal all of the like you have apparently it's a thing for all of like the kids to go stealing stuff out of the uh the school bathrooms so you have mm-hmm. to do that at your workplace you have to steal stuff out of your bathroom oh is that that i heard that on the news today there's some fucking challenge don't do that kids don't steal shit from school oh don't you know eat tide pods kids here's what i want you to steal from school kids knowledge all of the big pens burn them. <laughs> <laughs> you kind of glossed over how cheesy what i said was <laughs> It was really cheesy, and you just glossed over it. We missed a missed opportunity there. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I said steal knowledge. <laughs> oh, uh, steal. Nice, uh, nice. I'm the dad. I'm the dad here. Right. Bella. Dad jokes should be coming from you. Yeah, that's my territory there, buddy. Yeah. So <laughs> Bryce sent us two more fucking voice messages in a group chat today. Did you get it? Bryce heard the the sound and the fury of the episode that was like what a couple of months ago we were talking about the uh, Waldman Grandeur. Oh, Grandeur! Yeah, are we the allowed grandeur. to talk about it? when we were talking about the Grandeur are and we how to expensive? Talk about this or or does he does like is it going to be common knowledge? You know what I mean? I believe so. Yeah. All I right. So it's going to be common knowledge. So. so I want. Can we share? I mean. Fuck it. Let's just do it. He's sponsoring us. He already paid us to do this. So, you know, if we're not supposed to, what is what is he going to do? Fire us? Full no, transparency. <laughs> All right. So do you remember what the pricing was for the previous one? Because I don't remember what the pricing were. It was like, so there was the Grandeur by Waldman. There's, there was the Grandeur <laughs> in the black. So the Grandeur in the black. The, the Grandeur in the black had a much had it had a much lower price point when you looked at it versus the Burgundy. Right. So grandeur. The, the Grandeur in black was like four hundred dollars, <laughs> which for a number six size stainless steel nib, it's it's a lot. But don't forget, it's lacquered. It's got stainless. It's got the fucking sterling silver. Okay, great. But for some reason, the red guilloche lacquered one costs. Like a thousand dollars more. It was like like in order to buy that one. <laughs> well, it, maybe it wasn't that bad. <laughs> it, right, it wasn't that bad, but it was like it was like twelve thousand dollars for the for the red one for being red. And the I think the dumbass bullshit excuse that was like, oh, because you know they're etching out the guilloche and they gotta lacquer it or something like that. And I was just like, Bryce, dude, seriously, you gotta do something about the pricing. It's three hundred dollars more. Just because it's red and it looks like a fishnet stocking, 
Did and you ask? So you asked him to do that, or we were just like, no, we were just I, talking I, out I, loud I, on the podcast. We talked out loud, but I, I did. He yeah. didn't listen to it. But I called him the next day, and I'm like, "You're out of your fucking mind." <laughs> If the markup for $300 more just because it looks like a red fishnet stocking. And he was like, Roy, could you just like text me about this in a voice message? Because like I'm sleeping. It's four o'clock in the morning. I have to get up for work in like an hour and a half. You know, like, could you just. No. So he was like, he was talking to me about it and stuff like that. And I guess I'm trying to grab it. Hold on. So what ended up happening was. I really, I really griped about it. I'm like, dude, this is insanity. I'm like, I, I opened up the pen. I looked at it. I loved it. And I was talking about the episode on Tom. And by the way, the CEOs and the CFO or the C fucking whatever's in Germany for Waldman. <laughs> the C-suite. Yeah. yeah. Apparently, they're big fans of the Penboy Roy Pentertainment podcast. And they appreciate. Woo! Yeah, they appreciate my love for Waldman. But I don't love Waldman because I love Waldman. I love Waldman because they're good pens and they're priced reasonably. For example, the Tuscany, right? Mm-hmm. I don't love them if you give me a red pen and tell me that it's $300 more because it's red and the black one is $300 less because it's not red. Like that, that in that case, I was like, you're outside of your gourd. So Bryce, I talked to Bryce about it and I was like, Bryce, you know, it's it's like slapping me in the face with a cactus. Like, do something about the price. It's just bad. It's just not – I can't stand behind it, I told him. So he said, all right, he's going to look into it. So then today he sends us this text message, well, rather his voice memo, and it self-deleted, so I don't remember any of the 40 it's minutes of it. It's <laughs> Yeah. What – you wanna you wanna sh- share with people what he said in this uh, in this twenty five minute long voice memo, well which to, which is to, only to be... re- I'm sorry which is only really like maybe thirty seconds of actual meaningful message. So so to be completely honest and transparent about the the this you know this conversation up to this point right, I I'd seen that he had sent these voice memos. I, I didn't listen to them because then I got the follow up email saying what was essentially in the voice memo anyway. Oh, so I didn't okay. actually I didn't actually <laughs> listen to them. Oh, but like I, I read it, I was like so so they ended up eating some cost on it and then made it so that it's only like hundred and twenty five MSRP more than the, the 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 so the burgundy is only slightly more expensive than the black one is. But now, why hundred and twenty five dollars? Why not just a hundred dollars more? Uh, let me, because I thought I saw that on the price list that it was like only a hundred more. But me I mean, listen, I mean, that. I I just the think grandeur. Yeah, the grandeur. The grandeur. I mean, I think the red grandeur is really, 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 really nice, and I really like it a lot. But when when I when you were when we were talking and a few episodes ago, and we discovered that this pen was three hundred dollars more just because it's red, I was like, what in the actual fuck is happening to my brain? Oh uh, no, it's only a hundred. I'm like oh. looking at the price list. So he, because he wrote it in the email, it's like saying one twenty five. But then in the price list, it's uh, so like so like it's now for the red, uh, for the burgundy red, it's five fifty for the steel nib, and the the black is four fifty, and then for the eighteen k gold nib is six seventy five, and the eighteen k black is five seventy five. So five fifty MSRP, correct? 
Right, MSRP. So, so that of course, means, you would get your you know usual discount. That, right. Off of that, so, so after after the discount, five fifty comes down to. I don't know. You do the math. Oh come it is. on, man! I can't. Uh, fifty five times yes, you, two is yes, one ten. So one ten minus five fifty is. For, uh, I don't know. For, we are so <laughs> Let's sad. Let me bring up calculator. So stupid. Four forty. Four forty. Four forty. And then four fifty minus is three ninety. I mean, four forty. This is a pretty beefy pen. Yeah, I mean, you know, I can supposed get supposed to be like the replacement for the commander as far as its largeness and grandioseness. Yeah, and it's got that nice guilloche with the the lacquer and stuff like that. It's, yeah, it's, I mean, I can get behind it because of the sterling nice silver, piece. because of how big it is and how you know. I guess yeah, I can. I guess I can get behind it at four forty. Yeah, I guess. I mean, it's a great pen, but four forty, it's still a still nib. But then again, it's got the solid sterling silver. And stuff, so that you know that that makes everything. To, I have to rethink it now. But at seven hundred, whatever it was before, that's no, you know, no. like no. But I'm, you know, I want to, I want to take this moment out right now and tell Bryce publicly <laughs> that I really do appreciate him taking my feedback that I so sternly shoved up his ass and doing something with it and making it for the better, and even yeah, if it I'm, means. I'm- taking less less of a markup you know what i mean like he had to actually go back to waldman and let them know to do this because mm-hmm. they they didn't budge they're like they're like no it is what it is the grand will be this much so they're just so that means they're the, eating they're eating part of it right so i just so, want to give you just a, a a point of comparison i am looking up the original msrps for that the burgundy grand mm-hmm. and the stainless steel nib fountain pen, you were correct, seven hundred dollars. Eighteen karat gold nib fountain pen, eight twenty five MSRP. Jesus. So you're welcome, world. Yeah. Just saved you guys a decent chunk of change. Yeah, and it's totally worth it. It's I mean, four forty is still a lot for a steel nib pen, but not for nothing. Five, I think, what is it? Five fifty is the cost, or five ninety five is what. Or maybe is it four ninety five? Is what the Monopoly pen with a steel nib costs? You know what I mean? And there's not an ounce mm-hmm. of silver in that. And no, I really, I, I really like the Monopoly pen because I like fucking Monopoly. I just really do enjoy that. When was the last time you played Monopoly? So I got the Avengers Monopoly board for last year because my <laughs> wife and I and another couple were going away to this really mm-hmm. nice mansion, be Airbnb, and we were going to play board games. Okay, but, this was during the pandemic, just to right, you know, just to give it a little bit of like some perspective and being that like that's not something ordinarily I think that you guys would be doing like in you know hanging out on vacation. Let's go bring them a Monopoly boy. Listen, that's that sounds pretty fun actually, but like you know I'm a dad, so like I you know I'm just naturally lame but I, I you you're just the cat dad so it's <laughs> you're like telling me I'm lame <laughs> I'm th- I'm just saying I I feel that that's something like I would do with my kids right. you know maybe so but well, uh, no, but yeah each to his like, own listen, we it's tech is everywhere and shit like that you know what I mean and I, I it was just it was just nice to get away it was like in the middle of like 
a forest and we're surrounded by like trees and green stuff and grizzly bears. I'm just kidding, not grizzly bears. I'm my, I'm deathly afraid of grizzly bears. However, I have to admit that grizzly bears when they're babies are just so adorable. And then grizzly bears like playing in pools, adorable. I can't tolerate <laughs> how cute it is. Anyway, yeah, but we never actually got to it. So I still have a board game of Monopoly filled with fucking Avengers characters. But when I got the Monopoly mm-hmm. pen, I was really thrilled about it. I wasn't thrilled that it's five hundred dollars because that's a lot of money and for a steel nib pen. Yeah, they're they're just charging a lot of money because it's Montegrappa and it's mm-hmm. Monopoly based, you know. So if you're a if you're a like a nerd like me, yeah, it's worth it. But if you don't like Monopoly, it's way overpriced, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, even if you did, I mean, I just feel that that's like paying Park Place prices for something that's like clearly Ventnor Avenue. <laughs> hey, you saw my post on the Monopoly pen, right? I did. Did I'm you looking like looking at it right now? Did you you want to read it to everybody just to show people how clever I am and how impressive my wording is? This pen's MSRP is equivalent to owning rent on Park Place with two houses, but with retailers online here in the US, you can score this pen for just under the cost of rent on Vermont Avenue with four houses. <laughs> I like that because people are going to be like, well, how much is that? They have to go look it up. Yeah, they got to go look it up at their, you know, like in their their own Monopoly thing. But the thing is, I'm like looking at this pen and I feel like instead of it looking like a Monte Grappa pen, I kind of feel like it's a cross between an Acme Studios pen and a Retro 51 pen. The Acme Studios, I can say, okay, but not the Retro part. The Retro part is not even close. Mm-hmm. I mean, did you ever did you ever hold the Monopoly pen? I know it's a bit thicker, right? It's got right. like a, yeah, it's got a, like a white, but I'm just saying in terms of like the, the use of like screen printing, uh, graphic printing around the barrel, and it's rather, you know, kind of like, just kind of patched together theme that they did with it. I'm just mm. kind of like, I've seen this a few times with like the, I mean, we had such high hopes for, I think the game of Thrones and uh, the, the like Harry Potter is so they, they, they get the licenses for these really awesome properties, you know, pun intended being, we're talking about monopoly, mm. but like, I just don't feel like that the idea is executed. I feel to it's like fullest extent or even that in, even then it's executed, but it's less like for somebody who's interested in this sort of thing, it's way outside of the, 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 like the, the, let's say the, the agency of those who would be interested in it because like monopoly is just like a it's a it's mostly a kid's game but like it's a it's a board game and the cost the barrier of entry to play this game is like oh go buy the board game for what like under 20 bucks when it's on sale or whatever and that's it but here it is like here's a limited edition monopoly pendant and it's 500 dollars. it's like like you know what i'm saying like if it was even if it was maybe like i would i would say that this would be amazing if it was priced anywhere from like let's say one to like one fifty, oh, I think that this no. would be. I mean, yeah. listen, I think five hundred is a lot, but at the we're we're talking Monte Grappa here, so it's not like it's not like how Esterbrook fucked up with the Popeye pen. You know what I mean? Like the Monte Grappa Monopoly pen is still a beast when it comes to pen pedigree. It's still solid. I mean, this thing is this thing is just quality top to bottom 
I'm just I saying think you're it. getting you're getting taken for a ride on the reading railroad. <laughs> <laughs> no, do but not I'm saying, pass go. Do yeah, not I'm just collect saying, $200. Like, I I the clip is really important to me cuz it's the centerpiece of a pen and this clip is custom made for the Monopoly pen. And even the Enfinial the bottom piece, it's the thimble. As far as I can see, it looks like the thimble or a thimble. And mm-hmm. I mean, I think a lot of thought went into it. I think it's a lot of money because $500 is a lot of money. But I think the pen, I mean, it's not just a metal pen with Monopoly painted on it. You know what I'm saying? It's, and I understand what you're saying. It's like the reach that the Monopoly game has is like kids who, Maybe you can buy it for 20 bucks, but I don't know. I think of it differently. I think of it like this. I think people who played Monopoly are from a generation of the past, like older generation, like our generation and the generation before us and generation before them even. And the type of people that would pl- that played Monopoly and have the love for Monopoly and enjoyed playing Monopoly are the very same type of people that appreciate non-technological analog stuff, right? People who appreciate stuff like fountain pens. I mean, that's like why... Board, like, I, I get, like, board games and stuff because, like, there's, yeah. even, like, board game cafes, like, where people go to just hang out with people in person and right. play board games together, like, in real life, that sort of thing. As yeah. Like on a screen. Right. So, like, the older generation... They're the ones who have established themselves, and they, as kids, they played Monopoly, and their parents played with them on game night because maybe there was no TV at the time, or TVs were too expensive, maybe in their generation, or maybe I don't know, maybe every at that in their generation, every family had a piano in the house, but didn't necessarily have a TV. This is the generation that grew up, and. Maybe now this is the generation that they're targeting for the Monopoly pen, people who think fondly and lovingly about the game, not just because they love the game so much, but because they have memories of the loved ones that they played the game with when they were younger. So they see a pen like this. They're fountain pen enthusiasts. They're older. Yeah, they've lived their lives, and they can afford to spend 500 And I think 500 is the MSRP. I think with retailers online, you can get it at a discount. I think, right? For like 3.95 probably. Now, yeah. did you know that originally the the Monopoly game or like the game that was inspired by what that Monopoly was inspired by was actually a game that was supposed to teach the uh the perils and pitfalls of capitalism. I didn't know that. I thought it was a game that was created during the Great Depression. Yes, but what happened was it originated from this, like, from this, I, I was, I was listening to this really interesting series on, I think it was, uh, it was like, uh, I think it was on Business Wars, uh, it was a podcast, and they had a series on, like, on, like, how, it was, like, maybe, like, two, three episodes long, and it was about how Monopoly came about, and mm. essentially it boiled, I'm, I'm just giving you, like, the real abbreviated Cliff Notes version is that, like, this this person like invented the game as a way to teach people about how terrible capitalism is uh-huh. and someone someone took the reins with it 
and then developed it into a game that people could play and then like basically like a few degrees later it was stolen by somebody else who pitched it to like parker i think it was parker brothers or something and then like and then it was found out that the licensing wasn't or that or that the permission to take it was not given so it was it was just like this really interesting thing to see that it was like kind of the cutthroat nature of that game and then of vis-a-vis like capitalism was played out on just this very small scale in creating a game that was about you know being very cutthroat and you know like getting all the money and and you know depleting other people and stealing it from other you know so it's just it was really interesting to see like how that came about hmm i didn't know any of that shit but cool. I like the yeah. I like knowing history behind. I wonder why they came up with like the pieces, right? Like the dog, the car, the hat, the thimble. Oh, you know I what I mean? You know, because like as I I'm probably telling it completely like not completely wrong, but like I'm I'm giving you a, just a very like broad strokes version of it, but like but like that that if you go look it up on like Spotify, I think if mm. you go look at uh business wars or even on apple Podcasts too i think they have it business wars and you look up like the monopoly uh, uh episodes that they had they'll they'll tell you everything about it even like mm. talking about the pieces and stuff too that's actually really interesting i didn't know that that there was a history like that for for some reason all i remember about the game and the history of the game was that it was developed during the great depression and it was I guess to help, I, I heard this somewhere. I can't remember how I heard it, where I heard it, who I heard it from. That it was a game that was developed to help people cope with the Great Depression. That's what I thought. I mean, I'm clearly, obviously, based on what you're telling me, it's wrong and stuff like that. But my, I have a gripe with, you know, some aspects of the game. Like, there's a dog, but where's the cat? Right? How come there's no cat? That's not right. Oh, so 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 it's not. The pieces were not inclusive enough for you, right? No, I mean, I mean, where's the fish? Exactly, where's my beta fish? Yeah, why? Where? How come there was not even a goldfish to represent any fish? Or I guess a mini aquarium would just look like a little square. So that, <laughs> <laughs> so that might have sucked. But they could have done a fishbowl. You know what I mean? So I remember when I was a kid, when I used to play, I used to change up rules just whenever I fucking felt like it. Like I wouldn't Sounds even, about right? Yeah, I would. <laughs> I wouldn't even use some of the pieces. I would just use like a Lego toy, like a Lego man toy, in the seated oh, that's position. Be, that's really being a rule breaker. I'm, I'm, I'm expecting you to tell me it's like, oh yeah, we were able to make like deals in between turns, and then like everybody just gives me their money. You know, that's. <laughs> oh. No, I wouldn't break the rules of the actual game. I think I might have not followed the rules because, like, we just didn't know the rules entirely. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I can't remember. If you land on the corner piece that's jail, does that mean you have to be in jail or you can move? No. No, see, like, if you just land on it. See, you you could get only sent to jail if uh, on, on, on circumstances of where you pull, like, a card, somebody, you know, like, you go... And I think also too is that you have to go to jail if you roll. Was it uh, if you roll doubles? What three, three times, times in a row? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so like there's certain there's certain circumstances where you go to jail. But if you actually go, if you're if you're gonna land on the jail space, that's you just kind of go around it. I it's remember just, it's just just visiting. It says just yeah, visiting. just visiting. That's right. But if and you then land... there's free parking. Do you do you play the free parking where like? Where if you have penalties, like let's say if you had to, 
like give like have a pay a fine or or some other penalty in the game and and that money would go to the bank instead it goes to like the free parking fund did you play it that way no was that in the rules I it was something that I usually would play where like anytime that there would be a penalty like you pull a card that says oh you were you know short $75 you know it, you have to pay a fine or whatever that that would go into like a free parking fund so that if somebody lands on the free parking spot they would get that pot you know essentially that sounds like a very interesting way of playing but I don't think that was the actual rules I don't ever remember that from my childhood was that did you make that up, or was that written in the rules? I, I don't remember, because oh. I haven't played that game in such a long time. But I'm reading your comments here, and I like, uh, Welcome to the World with Sean says, you should get $200 every time you refill the Monopoly pen. <laughs> I think yeah. so. That's funny. Yeah, it is pretty funny. I I can't remember if that, that free parking thing fund, that I don't believe that was in the rules, but that sounds very clever, but that sounds like a Tom Clever thing. You know what I mean? Like I could see you creating that yourself just to add intrigue and interest to the game. I can't say I can't say that I am the person who came up with that one. I can't say uh, that. No. Okay. Well, it sounds like something you would have come up with. But I don't I never I always remember landing on the free parking. I'm like, what the fuck does this mean? I don't care. Like <laughs> like give me a, a block. That's just on, another piece. Yeah, like what the hell is this? Why is why am I getting free parking? I mean, why should I pay it for it in the first place? Like <laughs> Like this, See, you ever been to Atlantic City? You got to pay for parking pretty much anywhere. <laughs> That's true. Oh, but I saw something. I think it was on either Instagram or on, on I think maybe TikTok. For some reason, a lot of people remember the Monopoly Man with a monocle, but mm-hmm. he never had a monocle. Is that weird or what? I think it might have been from Ace Ventura. Remember Ace Ventura, where he's like. Where he says, "Oh, you must be the Monopoly guy," because he had a monocle on mm. in in that scene, and he ends up like punching him out, and then he's like pretending to like speak as him, but like his monocle falls out. It's uh-huh. just so I think that's where that's where everybody gets it from. And plus two is that the whole monocle thing, it kind of is that whole aristocratic vibe that I guess they're going for with the Monopoly guy. So it kind of seems like it fits, even though it it wasn't originally there or isn't isn't there in the, you know. You know, but he was never there. It was never the never there. So it's called. Yeah. So I was reading it. It's called the Mandela effect, because of, of whatever reason. So do you remember the Monopoly Man and his monocle? Curious George and his tale, and the famous quote from Star Wars: "Luke, I am your father." Well, I hate to break it to you, but you're remembering all these things wrong. You and millions of other people. Curious George never had a tail. The Monopoly Man doesn't have a monocle, and the quote is not. And the quote is just, "No, I am your father, not Luke. I am your father." The voice of Darth Vader even recalls saying, "Luke," and how it was such a powerful line. So exactly what is happening? The phenomenon is known as the Mandela effect. It refers to when a large number of people share a false memory. So it all started when a numerous amount of people falsely remembered Nelson Mandela dying in prison in the 1980s. In reality, he was released from prison in the 1990s and passed away later on, uh, in 2013. Fiona Broom popularized this phenomenon, appropriately naming it the Mandela Effect. Soon, many other examples started emerging all over the Internet. Peace, people falsely recall the evil queen from Snow White saying, Mirror, mirror on the wall, who's the fairest of them all? 
when in reality she said, magic mirror on the wall, who's the fairest of them all? Huh. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if that's true, though. I, well, I aren't cert- these all, like, I mean, I mean, thinking of whether a person's dead or not is kind of major, but isn't the rest just basically semantics? Like, it's not, it's not that important that, like, okay, well, because, like, because, like, yeah, if you said, no, I am your father, it just, like, it, it doesn't have the same context as saying, Luke, I am your father. It's like, you know exactly where that quote is from when you give it that context of, like, well, who is he talking to? He's talking to Luke. Okay, who, Luke, I am your father. Like, that's a Star Wars quote. Get it. You right. Know? So it's like, it's like, it's, it's kind of, I think, a mental shorthand to better recognize the context of where things are coming from mm-hmm. but like in a case of like with 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 nelson mandela he's like yeah well it's like you know you want to at least remember that the guy lived longer than just dying in prison you know it's like it is that that seems to be a bit more major but like if whether the monopoly guy had a monocle or not it's like well you know well, is that... that's a crazy thing though i remember him with a monocle but all these pictures online he never had a monocle and there's a lot of – so this article gives a lot of different examples. But listen to this part. This is the part that's going to get you to laugh, okay? So why is it that millions of people share these false memories? There are countless beliefs and theories. Some say it's evidence of time travelers changing our history. Others, <laughs> <laughs> others believe the memory errors are software glitches similar to in the Matrix. Then there are claims that uh. we are consistently traveling through different universes, and that's why little things are changed. What we remember is like deja vu from the previous universe. So, mm. I mean, maybe, maybe there's, maybe that's true. Maybe we're. I I tend to think it's that one. It's that one. I I don't know if there's what it's called, but it's that thing where it's like if you say a lie enough or or enough times or loud enough, it becomes truth. Mm-hmm. Like it just it's just like if you you know, if you just keep saying it the wrong way so many times, it, that's just the way that it is. Yeah. Um, my mother, for example, will never get one of my friend's last names right. Mm-hmm. Calls calls him Joe Dockerty all the time and instead of Joe Dockery. But that's just how it is now. Right. So it's like, you know, it's just like Are it's just it's just Joe. It, Yes, I am. He's actually a he's actually a Brazilian jiu-jitsu instructor. Oh, really? He's so, a black belt? Yeah. Yeah. Got so it. he teaches he teaches I think all ages, but he primarily I think teaches kids too, so. Mm. Um, he's a black like, belt yeah. Brazilian jiu-jitsu. He's a magician. He's a magician I, I, on the ground. Okay, I guess. Uh, he's he's kind of magical. Yeah. <laughs> so So yeah, I mean, is he going to listen to this podcast? No. I wouldn't say so. Some friend. Mm. Friends like these. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I just, I don't know why we got into this huge discussion, but, yeah, I remember him with a monocle, you know? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's alternate universes and stuff like that. I like the whole, I like the whole concept of, like, kind of going in and out of different, like, timelines of, like, different universes, alternate, you know, it's it's really it's very interesting. Yeah, yeah, it is. I mean, I I wonder what kind of an asshole I am in the other universe. Bigger, <laughs> bigger asshole. <laughs> All right, that's good because like I was I was waiting for you can't possibly be a big oh shit. There's a a Monopoly guy family Monopoly Family Guys collectors edition. That one's got to be hilarious. Nice. Did you Is ever there... hear my theory about Ghostbusters by any chance? Did no. I ever ex? ex- 
expound upon you. I, I, I have an alternate universe uh, type theory about Ghostbusters, the original Ghostbusters Go ahead. movie. So you, you know the scene where Walter Peck, the guy from the EPA, comes barging in with the guys from Con Ed and he's going to shut down the power grid. Right. And, you know, like I thought at that particular moment, it's like, what if Walter Peck is actually right? And because particularly Bill Murray's character, Vinkman, is kind of a shyster and a charlatan. Like he's kind of like that guy that just knows how to trick people enough to get them to go along with his bull, you know, to to, to land them hook, line and sinker. That's probably how he's gotten girls his entire life. That's how he's gotten any modicum of success. So what if they did figure out some way and they just did it on the sly to like trick people into thinking that they saw ghosts by releasing, you know, psychotropic or, or, you know, psychoreactive gases in like New York City, similar to how the Scarecrow did in Batman Begins. Yeah. With, like they were they were going to put it through the water lines and stuff like that. And that whole scene where they release that massive amount of energy by shutting down the grid. They just released all of those like chemicals into the air at the same time. Thus the entire city freaking out about the, the state puff marshmallow man and like that top of the building blowing up with the dogs and the, you know, the, you know, the whole, the whole thing like kind of coming together because they were all just tripping balls mm-hmm. in ghostbusters. And like, and like, yeah, I was just thinking about it from that perspective. If that was like an alternate like way of just being able to interpret that movie to say like, yeah, the Ghostbusters were just full of crap and they just were, you know, tricking people into buying into their whole ghost thing by just, you know, drugging people up with these gases and whatnot. So, mm. I don't know. That's just my thing. I just it's I feel it's appropriate to share this especially like, you know, it's fall and Halloween's coming around and whatever. So, right. we're talking about alternate universes as well, so. Right. Right. No, it's totally sense. Totally relevant. Totally relevant. <laughs> At least all the nonsense I spoke about had something to do with Monopoly, which had something to do with Mon- Montegrappa's Monopoly pen. There was no Ghostbusters pen. Wait, but let me just dial back to something that just suddenly kicked in. You didn't like the Montegrappa Game of Thrones pens? Well, I had high hopes for it being that that's like one of the like craziest, most awesome television properties in, let's say, the last like 10 years. As you far didn't as, like, like the pens? The pens, the pens were like okay but it's just again it's just that it's it's top shelf pricing like it's just way too high for just the average person who is enjoying the show to get into this to to participate in it to enroll in it to be part you know like people could Ah. buy a t-shirt that says game of thrones people could buy a funko pop like i got I got Tyrion Lannister as a Funko Pop on my desk right now. Like you could, you could get these things and and participate in the fandom that way. Right. But when it's like four hundred and fifty dollars, it's like well, that's whoa, only going to be was, for this. It was. It wasn't four fifty. It was whatever. It was like two seventy five. Was it? Yeah, it was like two seventy five. The Game of Thrones what? fountain pens. They were. They had the box. What discount, what discount place did you buy these from? <laughs> I don't. I. I. This must I might have been gray market. No. <laughs> It had to have been about two seventy five. I don't think it was four fifty. What was it? I can't remember now. I'm drawing a blank. I mean, you hear me type, and I'm going. Yeah, I know you're typing fast. I can't remember paying four fifty for it. That was before I. I'm pretty sure that was even before I started the channel and all that stuff. Might have been after. I don't know. I'm looking. I'm trying to find it, but 
Oh, okay. So I found a uh, blog post from uh, Goulet Pens saying that the MSRP for the Game of Thrones Fountain Pens is three fifty. Okay. So after a seventy dollar discount, that's like about two. What's that come out to? Two eighty. Two eighty. Yeah, that's right. So I was right. I was almost right on the button. It was like two two eight two hundred eighty dollars. But so like yeah, I could get a T shirt. That's twenty bucks. I can get all that other stuff. But I'm a fountain pen enthusiast. I'm a fountain pen fucking savage infected virus. Fountain pen virus infected savage. I don't want a T shirt. A T shirt won't just get my rocks off. I want a Game of Thrones fountain pen. And guess what? Montegrappa made it. And yeah, at that time. I was willing to pay top dollar for it because that's how into Game of Thrones I was, right? And if you think about it, Montegrappa made a Game of Thrones fountain pen, right? They could have charged 500 people would have bought them, right? So as far as I'm concerned, 350 with the 20% discount with retailers online being able to buy it for 280 to me was more than worth it. I don't like I it wrote well for me. The build was solid. The nib was all like custom made by Bach with like the engravings of the different houses. The clips were the clips were just fantastic. I mean, I know some people like, oh, they're too short. Yeah, but each clip was the sigil. You know what I mean? Right. The finial was something else. The finials were all so that pen from top to bottom, from start to finish, was first of all, they had to pay money for the licensing. But forgetting about that, everything had to be made. You know what I'm saying? Like they had to make machines that would make these new clips and finials and and imprints on the nibs and stuff like that. For 275 to me, that was yes, $275 is a lot of money, but we're not buying a bag of broccoli. We're buying a limited edition Game of Thrones fountain pen made by probably the most prestigious Italian brand that is around that could get its hands on the licensing for Game of Thrones for $275. To me, it's not that bad at all. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Well, also keep in mind, too, that this was back in 2017. Listen, the dollar hasn't, hasn't gone up. It's like if you're like in 2007, 1970, yes, but this was like four years ago, guy. You know what I mean? It's not like You I know how much we're paying for a gallon of milk these days. <laughs> It's not and like yes, I couldn't on. buy a car for two seventy or two eighty in two thousand seventeen, and then suddenly yeah, I can only buy a pen in two thousand twenty one. You know what I mean? That's like my know. first month's payment for uh, for the new iPhone. <laughs> <laughs> you know what it is? Also, I think your com- like your perspective as a you know retailer and someone who do does what you do. And I don't mean this in any critical or disrespectful way. I just think that your perspective sometimes becomes more distant than than someone like me who is still an end user. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I'm also very cheap too. <laughs> uh, like, like I may seem like I'm bougie, but like uh, in certain instances, yes, I could certainly say I'm willing to spend or to over index or, or you know on certain things that I find a lot of value in. But then when I don't see the 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 meat the juicy delicious meat of what it is i'm looking i'm just gonna be like this is overpriced it's like yeah. I, what what's there for me i see, mean like you, you, you look what... you're looking at the clip and you're like ooh, look at the clip i'm looking at the clip i'm like yeah it's kind of like cool looking but like you know does it 
does it give me that like hinged action like or like is it going to stretch out over time like i'm just kind of looking at them like it's it's very ornamental like it's just you know like i'm i need it to be a little bit more you know functional for my taste i guess right right but, and that's that's why brands like Montegrappa or i guess yeah like, that's why brands like Montegrappa are what they are they're not brands where Every single person who looks at one of the Montegrappa pens will be like, oh, yeah, this is – I would totally spend money on this. Like for example, the Monopoly pen. If you take someone who's a Monopoly fanatic or an older gentleman or older woman who has fond memories of Monopoly as a child like I was talking about before and she's a lover or he's a lover of fountain pens, they're willing to pay for that knowing it's expensive, right? It's, if – Someone their age doesn't give a shit about Monopoly. They're not willing to pay for it. Game of Thrones. If you were, if you were just crushing on Daenerys Targaryen like I was, then getting the Targaryen pen by Montegrappa is worth two hundred eighty dollars. If you didn't like the show, then it's not worth it. That's. The I wonder type how of brand. these pens would have been received if they came out at the very end of the last season. Probably, probably not well, and not as well received because of how that last season ended. But, mm. but you know, finishing up with what I was saying, then there are brands where it doesn't matter who you are, you'll look at a pen and be like, yeah, this is why it costs this much. For example, Ryan Crusack's Legend Pen that's made of moose antler and wood. I've shown that pen to cheap people, to bougie people, and the type of people where they would look at a plastic pen and just be like, oh, it's plastic. Or an acrylic pen and say, oh, it's just plastic. Or celluloid, it's still just plastic. It shouldn't cost more than 10 bucks. I show that same guy my Crusack pen, and he'll be like, see, I can see why this costs $400. I could also show someone like you, Tom, my Crusack pen, and you'll be like, yeah, this is totally worth $400. I could show you, I mean, think about it. You spent... Three times the cost of a Lamy Safari on, I'm sorry, three times the cost of a, on a Lamy 2000 on a Lamy 2000 <laughs> just because the Lamy 2000 was blue and yes. not black, right? Yes. Now, mm. that same pen. Worth every have, penny. <laughs> right, but that same pen to me was not worth a dollar over the cost of a Lamy Safari, a Lamy 2000 in black because the blue didn't necessarily appeal to me, whereas for you, it gave you an immediate boner, and you were just like, take my money, right? So the same what if, can be What if they had one that was dark green? Now we're talking, now we're talking dirty, man. Yeah, now dark, we're talking, dark green, right? rose gold, mm-hmm. appointment, like rose gold clip, and everything, like, because you know how they did, like, the, the brown with, like, the, the brown... Yeah, gold, yeah, and not, and not the like the brown clip and everything. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine like dark green with a, like a rose gold that would look really nice, or that, even just like a would. yellow gold. I think we'd even so look cool so too. so that's when I'd be calling you asking for favors. But anyway, mm. but my whole point in this whole thing is that's why the Game of Thrones pen did well because of people like you who love Game of Thrones like you love the color blue. That's why the Montegrappa Monopoly pen will do well because people like you who's willing to spend three times the amount just because the pen that's normally black is blue, they are willing to spend three times the amount because the pen that is themed Monopoly. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So like, yeah, it's 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 a lot of money and, you know, people can easily say it's overpriced, but at the same time, 
there's also reasons why it works. And Montegrappa is great at doing it with different licenses and shit like that. But it is annoying that they charge too. I don't know where I'm going with this whole thing. But my point is, like, the point. My point is, the Montegrappa Game of Thrones might have been overpriced to you, but to me, it was worth it. You know what I'm saying? I got gotcha. you. I was just yeah. actually looking at. I think their limited editions are like superb. I think that. I think that the ones. It's, but I mean, they're talking like four thousand dollars for a pen. Yeah. But like that. I think if you're if you are a big time Game of Thrones fan and you got the 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 cash to put towards like a collectible that I think that would just you know knock your socks off every time you see it is mm-hmm. the, those like the the winter is here where you've got like the 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 dragon like after the undead dragon breathing the, yeah. the, the blue plasma fire and it's got celluloid it's got the the sculpted night king on the on the one side it's just like that thing is just it's yeah. a lot it's, yeah, I, I think my, I guess my whole point was when it comes down to like specialty items like that, I guess it's just unfair to judge it strictly on the f- on its pedigree as a pen, as opposed to all the other nuances that connects with people that something generic can't. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It becomes an, a whole other aspect based on the inspiration that it comes from yes it's, yes yeah see and that's why to me yes the monopoly pen is expensive it's a five fucking hundred dollar pen but there are people like me who's going to connect with it and that's why it's okay even though it's a lot of money you know what i'm saying like just like when you're shopping for clothing you could buy a plain black t-shirt you know hanes your way whatever eight dollars right like out of a package but if you put a pen boy roy exactly. logo on it there it you go it magical becomes, just i'm surprised we still have t-shirts it's just it's just it's just shocking it's like the, the <clears throat> i did have an announcement regarding that go ahead i have a earth shattering announcement did we sell that one? we sold one yesterday <laughs> and get this this what? is surprise number two. We sold it to David Parker. That guy who sent Fig us boot. the email? Oh, Figboot, really? Yes. Wow, that is surprising. And on top of that, wrote a note. Hmm. So this note is, is pretty awesome, too. I got to read it. Oh, he wrote a note? Yes. Oh, cool. So, so he writes... This shirt looks unlimited in its awesomeness. <laughs> however, however, due to the egregious addition of a gratuitous photo containing a McDonald's cheeseburger, I have to add my voice to the chorus of those outraged multitudes and demand that you hashtag fire Tom. <laughs> that's from Figgy. <laughs> so, but the thing is, oh, like, he's... Awesome. He's writing that and placing the order because you could only get these shirts exclusively through inkjournal.com. That's not a plug. Right. So he's writing this to me to fire me. <laughs> oh, wait. Are you sure? Are you sure it's David Allen Parker, Figboot on pens? I'm pretty sure it is, yeah. Because there's another guy named David Parker who emailed me who has the same name, but it's not the same. It's not David. It's not Figboot. You know what? Then it's maybe not. 
Yeah. Because I know I know David Parker as Big Boot. I didn't realize there was a second David Parker. Yeah, there was another David Parker who wrote there's an a, There's an alternate universe David Parker. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I think that's – I think that the David Parker that you're talking about is not Fig Boot. Oh, okay. Yeah, so, yeah. Did he? Did do you? Do you have the email address? Uh, yeah, I do, but I'm not the, gonna is, say that. On oh the no, email. no, you're not. But is there a 19 in the in the email address? Yes. Okay, so that's not David Allen Parker. That's not Big Boot. <laughs> yeah, it's, not it's an boot. alternate universe, David it's, Parker. Yeah, it's an alternate universe, David Parker. So, I love tying shit together. Yeah, yeah. So this David Parker, he wrote me an email, and I appreciate the email. He does listen to the Pentertainment podcast and stuff like that. So, yes, let's give credit where credit due. Uh, let me read his. <laughs> let me let me close out this episode with the email he did write. So David Parker, who is not Fig Bouton Pens, writes Penboy Roy. Awesome channel. Neat way you translate the weird wonderfulness of you and your fountain pen obsession across the interwebs. It's like a hearty punch in the face, but with love. <laughs> And no, I'm not that other David Parker, no relation, just blessed with the same name. He too is mucho awesome, as you know. I caught the fountain pen obsession at the beginning of this year when I spontaneously treated myself to a Parker Jotter fountain pen 2018 version, don't hyperventilate, to go with a journal that I was gifted and realized that I must know more. Things have not been the same since. I'm in now about 17 pens deep of mixed variety, Fairly hefty on the Conklins, but with a few sailors thrown in because, well, bougie is as bougie does. Anyways, since I know that you like green pens in much the same way that a humpback whales fucking <laughs> likes krill, I have to ask, <laughs> have you seen this pen? So he shows me a link. It's the it's a it's a sailor nineteen eleven king of pens, uh, wabi sabi green bespoke dealer exclusive. Okay. So he's like, thoughts, or since I don't think that you've offed anybody recently for the insurance money, this underscore slightly underscore more affordable one sends me another leak. Da-da-da-da, acrylic is stunning. Yeah, so that's it. And then hold on a second. Also, I guess I gave another same to a buddy of mine. I have appreciated your reviews as well as the Pentertainment Podcast. Hashtag Fire Tom. He should be promoted to full-time Pentertainment Podcast lackey. Let someone else crack the whip over at Gold Spot. <laughs> I, have, I have especially enjoyed your rants about the chibi plastic feeds that are the current plague of my Conklin All-Americans as well as the bane of all true pedophiles. Pedophiles. Get it? Thank mm. you again for injecting some awesomeness into the bleak, Apocalyptic landscape of lame, disposable pharmaceutical company ballpoints that is the third decade of the 21st century. You, my friend, uh, you, my dude, rock. Thanks, David. David, thank you for that email. Much And thank you for the purchase of your Pentertainment Podcast t-shirt. Yes. Thank you. You're the I want, one. I want the it. little, I want the clap track. Can we do like the clap track? Yeah. You know, Yay. like the little like, ah, yeah. No, that's, that's too much editing, but. <laughs> speaking of speaking of thanks and speaking of clapping, we're gonna have to close this episode for this week. We will join you again next week. Thanks again for listening. Love you guys. Be well. Be safe. Snap it to a slip, girl. Snap it to a slip. No, I can't. Nope. Just snap it to a snap. Can't. No, I can't do it. I can't just. I just can't do it. Snap it to a nib, Jim.
Just change it. Just change it all entirely. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to give it to you here. I'm trying to give it to you. One more time. One more time. <laughs> snap it to a snap cap. No, it just it sounds like I'm gonna take a poop. Like it sounds like I'm gonna take a poop. You know, when you are pooping, you should give it a shot. Snip it to a snap chip. Oh yeah. <laughs> All of a sudden you're just gonna hear from the bathroom just like Just eat snap. lots of chia and flax with nothing but broccoli for a week and then try to poop and say it. You'll get it. I promise you. I have to bring the recording equipment in there, so Yeah. That's gonna be the weirdest episode ever. I mean, all right. We, that that outro was like was like really long. Let's just let's just cut it now. It's cut. All right. It. Let me do it again. It's be done. well. Be safe. And snap it to a no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, be well. Be safe. And snap it to a snap cap. Oh yeah. I like it. All right. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> and cut. <laughs> <laughs>